0: So I've said this before. I look at trends. I try not to focus on individual polls. I do have a couple of polls, though, today. Welcome to the show. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 1800 wbt 1110 These polls that I'm giving you, though, they are all in service of a larger trend line. Okay? Just keep that in mind. So here's NPR Marist Poll. These are independent voters. Independent voters. Question. In general, which party do you think is the bigger threat to democracy? (laughs) The bigger threat to democracy. 41% say Democrats and 37% say Republicans. So that is a plus four Democrats there. I'm surprised for all of the drum beating about uh, threats to the democracy and trying to destroy our democracy. Yeah, it turns out. People are actually more concerned about Democrats doing that, which, by the way, this happened. Oh, hang on a second. Um, This happened over the weekend. Let me see if I can find it where the North Carolina House Democrats. Yeah, here they are. North Carolina House Democrats have a Twitter account. I've quoted them before. They refuse to say who runs the Twitter account. And as best we can tell, there are a couple different state elected officials that all have access to this account. And they tweet out their anonymous musings. So um, somebody tweeted out under this account handle over the weekend Uh, that they would like to thank Senator Jim Perry, who is a Republican, for illustrating how divided government works, how important it is to elect Democrats, and, once again, how much the Republicans hate the idea of checks and balances. Because Perry had tweeted out uh, and had commented about some of these redistricting maps, and so the the House Democrat account was like dunking on Perry, ha-ha, thank you for illustrating how divided government works because it was, Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't the maps. It was uh, the vetoes. It was uh, governor Cooper's vetoes. Governor Cooper has issued. I don't even, well here, I'll pull up the, let me see. I can open up the tweet itself and tell you how many, uh, do, 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 do you 64? I thought it was 64, 64 times, 99 times in North Carolina history. A governor has vetoed a bill. 64 of those 99 have been governor Cooper. And, Jim Perry was pointing this out, and he was talking about also how uh, uh, Governor Jim Hunt never used the veto. He called him a deal-making legend. Okay, so Senator Perry, Republican, takes a swipe at um, Governor Cooper, I guess saying you can't make deals, and they're negotiating the budget. So that's the backdrop here. So the House Democrats are like, well, thank you for illustrating how divided government works. And how Republicans hate the idea of checks and balances. This is coming from the party that is right now trying to nuke the filibuster so they can cram down our throats their progressive wish list in a 50-50 split Senate. Right? You're going to lecture us about divided government? With all due respect, pound sand, guys. I have, this is why, like, I, I have zero interest or tolerance in listening to your arguments about any of this stuff. Because it's all gaslighting. That's all it is. You're going to lecture about the redistricting maps. Oh, I can't believe Republicans want to pass a map. And yet, what's your so what's your take on Illinois? Have you seen what they did in Illinois? The Democrats did in Illinois. They're drawing a map. That's somewhere, what was it, like 10-3 or 11-3 Democrat to Republicans. They actually drew out Adam Kinzinger, that guy who's like the never-Trumper dude. They drew him out of his seat. So like his his never-Trumpism, all in service of trying to keep himself, you know, in office so Democrats wouldn't draw him out of his seat. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> they drew him out. And Mark Elias, the Democrat super lawyer guy. Who sues every Republican state over every single redistricting map? Not a peep. Not a peep. They don't care. It's not a standard. It's not a principle that they're fighting for. It's just power. And so what they want is for their opponents to unilaterally disarm and not use the weapons available to them in the fight. And Republicans, like in North Carolina, they're clearly, they're not interested in fighting this fight um with one hand tied behind their back uh, and without any weapons obviously um it's why they want us to pay all of this attention to what uh the lieutenant governor mark robinson said where what actually do I have the audio here let's see can i play this give it a shot let's see mm. <laughs> enemies on the other side of the aisle that would drag yeah. this nation down into a socialist hellhole. that you will only do it as you run past me laying on the ground choking on my own blood because i will not give up this nation to you it is not yours you did not build it you did not defend it and you will not own it we will The Christian patriots of this nation will own this nation and rule this nation and help freedom survive for future generations. So this is what the left is now exercised about because Lieutenant Governor Robinson, by the way, if you've heard him speak before, he does have a bit of Southern Baptist preacher in him. Um, Is it my cup of tea? Not particularly As as far as politicians go, it's not, but I can see why he is attractive to people when he gets worked up into in his speeches like that absolutely passionate right what's he saying though he's saying that the nation was built by Christians right who believed in a higher purpose and he will not allow socialists to destroy the nation that's his argument and they're outraged at this and he's saying basically what he said is over my dead body right okay so what is that now beyond the pale rhetoric or something? Now we're, we're supposed to defend or disavow every leftist favorite game. Defend or disavow? I def- I'll defend it. There's not, there's there's nothing um, disqualifying for public office in what he said. Have you read what some of the founding fathers and people throughout the course of history, their rational uh, their rationalizations and justifications, their reasons for doing things that they've done, good things? I'm not talking about the bad people and the bad things. I'm saying the good things that good people did. Right? They sounded like that. They did. I, and I'm sorry if that uh, offends modern sensibilities, but here's the thing. I don't care. It really, I don't care anymore. I don't care if you're offended at that. Why should I? You're offended at everything. Everything offends you. And so I don't care anymore. Like I said... Is it my particular brand of politics? Is it the most striking and uh, uh, attractive thing uh, in a politician to talk like that? For me personally, no, it's not. Would I vote for him over Josh Stein for governor? Absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. Now, he's not running for governor. But I would vote for him. Now, oh, by the way, Boomer Von Cannon with the traffic report here. I've got a uh, request okay. that has come in from Dave. Dave? Okay. He says, please tell Boomer to stop talking about Wendy's French fries. <laughs> because he is making you are making him hungry. <laughs> I know where you're coming from, Dave. <laughs> I'm, I'm drooling too, man. <laughs> I'm looking for the ketchup, and there's not a fry in sight. <laughs> so, are, do you, so do you eat the fries with the mayo? Have you ever tried that? No, I have not. you know they do that in... Uh, in europe in amsterdam I, I saw it in a movie once fries with mayo yeah which at first it, it doesn't make sense but then if you think about it it kind of yeah. does potato and yeah potato salad Yeah, I, exa- thank you right you hit it right there that's potato salad i mean like congratulations the amsterdamians <laughs> they invented potato salad or reinvented it or discovered it or whatever um but yeah like it's good i've tried it i mean it's it's definitely not on my Ph.D. weight loss and nutrition menu. <laughs> that, Hannity? That's Hannity's theme song, you know? Yeah. I don't want to, like, I, just saying. I don't want people to get confused. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete calendar here. Uh, another poll, again, looking at the trends here. Just a trend. But add this poll to the trend. This is NBC's poll. Which party would do a better job on the following topics? You ready? Border security. Which party would do a better job? And take a guess. Which party was ranked more highly? Republicans. You're right. Republicans. By 27 percentage points. Which party, okay, spoiler alert, Republicans do better on all of these topics than Democrats. Every single one of these, border security, inflation, crime, national security, the economy, and getting things done. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand that. I am decidedly in the anti-getting things done camp. When it comes to government, I am against getting things done. Just in general. Now, if you want to give me a specific thing that you would like to see done, I will weigh that specific thing. But just getting it done? No. Not just a blank check. Not going to write it for you. But these are massive margins. Border security are plus 27. Inflation is a plus 24. Crime is a plus 22. National security is a plus 21. A plus 18 on economy and a plus 13 on getting things done. That is terrible, terrible for Democrats. Doug High, um, or Hay, no, I think it's High. Yeah, yeah. Uh, used to work for Senator Burr years ago. He's a Politico now up on the Hill. He says uh, he called them punishing numbers for all of the back and forth between Democrats on the Build Back Better bill. Passing whatever bill in whatever order is not going to fix this. He's exactly right. He's exactly right. By the way, Joe Manchin just did a press conference, everybody. I'm not sure if we if we got Joe Manchin's uh, thoughts on the filibuster or the Build Back Better or the BIF or whatever. It's been like 15 minutes, so maybe somebody needs to ask him again. But the general consensus from uh, Capitol Hill seems to be that uh, they're just going to wait and see what happens with tomorrow's election. And the conventional wisdom apparently is that if uh, McAuliffe wins, then Manchin and Cinema may very well sign on to whatever the Democrat bill is, what it's looking like at that point. But if Youngkin wins, then they're out. We shall see. I have no idea, but we shall see. Let me jump over here. Al has been waiting quite a while. Hello, Al. Welcome to Hi. the program. What's up, Al? If he does want to get your opinion on, uh, like, the climate and environment change, the first one is... Cl- uh, okay. Hasn't it the environment and climate been changing for a couple billion years? And, um uh, Which would you think produced most methane gas? A cow or a dinosaur? Uh... Do I get prizes if I win... If I answer these correctly? Yes. Okay. Um... Uh, all right, so... Climate uh, is so. Is the question, is climate changing? Then I would, I, I would say the answer is yes, just because for the reason you cited. That's an easy one, obviously, the climate changes. And I think it's actually uh, uh, it's the, uh, the pinnacle of hubris for people to think that uh, the climate as we exist right now and the climate as it is right now. Is the way that it should be because it is the most suitable for us, right? I mean, like it just—it it, that is a very human-centric kind of view, which is kind of weird coming from the people that are all down with like Gaia Earth, you know, and this idea that the planet is a living organism um, with like a, a like a conscience or whatever. Um, so it's it, it to me it just strikes me as 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 kind of arrogant. And uh, uh, just filled with hubris that that because the uh, in the in the the long as you mentioned you know millions billions of years whatever uh, of this lifespan of the planet that for the moment in time we are humans populate the planet that this is the that this is the climate that needs to be preserved as if this is the norm and I don't know that to be true. Seems like, for the most part, like, it's been pretty inhospitable a lot of places for humans. But what do I know, right? Um, So, yeah, climate changes. Do we have an impact? That's the question. Like, do we have an impact? And if so, how much? And if you say, yes, we do have an impact, and I believe we have an impact. I think humans do impact the environment to some degree. Um, I don't know how much. Um, And I don't know if the, uh, the price is worth... The benefit. I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze, so to speak, because if you're going to spend trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars and you're going to relegate impoverished third world nations to uh, existing without any kind of cheap fuel. So they die younger and uh, live sicklier lives like I don't find that to be a humane response. So um all right, so I think that uh, sort of covers the, the wide range of the first question. And then the second question, I forgot. Is about the dinosaurs and the cows. Oh, um, I don't know how much dinosaurs farted, <coughs> but uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. So uh, I, I'm not sure if you can quantify how much methane the dinosaurs, or are you saying that the dinosaurs turned into the oil? Well, they did that too. Right. So, yeah. So I don't know because cows release a lot. Now, now here's the here's a better question. What is the largest greenhouse gas? What what is? And how about this? What produces the most amount of greenhouse gases? Would that be the trees? No. Hmm. The ocean. Sure. The ocean. Ah. Uh, and there's a, in case you had noticed, there's a lot of ocean. There's like a lot, a lot, a lot of ocean on the planet. Tons of it. It's like most of the planet, I think. All right. So, anybody else, show of hands here. Believing, not believing. How many people are believing that it was the weather that caused all the flight problems? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, WBTV reporting about 50 American airline flights canceled at a Charlotte Douglas international airport. Um, number has gone up. I think in the last three days, more than 1600 flights have been canceled nationwide in a statement. Officials with American airlines said the cancellations are due to high winds in Texas. They have a major hub there. American was only able to use two of the five runways that it normally does. Another reason is ongoing staff shortages. According to Flight Tracker, there were 100 canceled flights as of Sunday, 154 on Saturday, and 85 on Friday. So the winds just, they will not stop. Just Wind, wind, wind everywhere. Um. Oh, yes, then there was this Southwest Airlines story that we were treated to, all because some AP reporter crazy person <clears throat> on a Southwest flight, and look, I have not flown... Uh, flown a lot of Southwest flights. I think I've been on maybe one. No, I know one, maybe two in my entire life. And it was a long time ago, so I don't know. But apparently, Southwest has a bit of a reputation as, I don't know, like where comedians go to work if they want to work in the airline industry. They're always cutting up making jokes. Southwest, like the pilots and the the flight attendants, right, they're always like like dishing up the punchlines. That's what I've heard. It's part of their culture. I don't know. That's what I've heard. So apparently there was a, an AP reporter, authoritarian scold, that was on a flight and heard a pilot say we are heading east at about 107 or 108 miles per hour. Clear visibility, mostly. Now, there's a. this got posted on TikTok, which is a, a video of this, which I'm kind of unclear. Like, how, how did somebody know to start recording this? I don't know. I have not watched the video. I don't care to. But the pilot says, you know, we're heading east at uh, about 107, 108 miles an hour. Clear visibility, mostly clear skies, about 77 degrees. Thanks for coming out, flying Southwest Airlines. Welcome home, and let's go, Brandon. <gasps> literal violence at which point this AP reporter attempts to gain access to the cockpit a locked cockpit because of 9-11 she's like I need to know why you say that (laughs) are you for real lady again as I understand it Southwest Airlines bit of a reputation for making the jokes It's a joke, people. It's a joke. That's all it is. It's kind of like President Biden. (laughs) Oh, come on. It's all right. Well, (laughs) so Southwest Airlines now wants everybody to know they're taking this matter very seriously, very seriously. They've put their top men on it. Top men. (laughs) Sorry, top people. Sorry, top people. Don't mean to. It was just a, I was merely quoting from a Indiana Jones movie. Southwest Airlines will conduct an internal investigation into a pilot who was captured on video saying, let's go Brandon over the in-flight intercom. Yes. These are the truly important matters of our time. Quote. Southwest does not condone employees sharing their personal political opinions while on the job serving our customers. And one employee's individual perspective should not be interpreted as the viewpoint of Southwest and its collective 54,000 employees. No way. Really? Wait, 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 wait. Hang on a second. I just want to be clear about this. One guy in a plane. Does not represent every single person in the company's opinion. That's interesting. Tell me more about this standard. That's so weird. Because I thought one person saying something meant that the whole company obviously agrees with it. How stupid are we? Seriously. Like, we live in such stupid times. Some guy gets on the intercom and says, Let's go, Brandon. It's a joke. You realize the joke. Everyone knows the joke. It's the, it's the, The non-vulgar way to say bleep Joe Biden, which, by the way, the omission of the vulgarity is a little bit cleaner and more polite than the left treated us to for the last four years. Right. When they were literally saying the words bleep Donald Trump and then, you know, also engaging in the performance theater of, you know, chopping his head off, stabbing him in, in plays in the park and stuff like that. Right? We were treated to all sorts of uh this violence porn fetishization of murdering the president. Okay. So no, I don't believe you when you say that this is offensive to you. Again, I don't care. Now, maybe if you didn't get offended at like literally everything and if you didn't require a cry closet for any kind of, you know, disagreement or uh, differing opinion, then maybe I would entertain this argument from the leftists, but they don't, so I don't. That's where I am. Maybe if you guys hadn't been running around saying, punch a Nazi, and by the way, everybody that disagrees with progressivism is a Nazi, maybe I would care about your thoughts on this matter. Maybe if you guys hadn't said that a Supreme Court nominee was literally a rapist based on zero evidence of any of the allegations, then maybe I would be interested in listening to your thoughts on this matter. But I'm, but I'm not, because you weren't, right? That's where I'm at. And I didn't want to be here. I did not want to be here. But here I am. You have sufficiently and adequately radicalized me against you. So now Southwest is going to conduct an internal investigation which should take all of about 10 seconds. Just watch the video and then ask the pilot. Is this you? The pilot's going to say, "Yep, okay, that's you." So now the question is what of it? What of it? You got to fire the pilot? You got to fire the pilot for expressing a political view? By the way, not for nothing here folks on the left, my friends. Welcome to our world. This is what we have been subjected to literally my entire adult life. You guys get to pop off with every single opinion about politics and religion and gender and intersectionality and white fragility. You get to inject your garbage opinions into literally everything and everywhere. And now I'm supposed to... I'm supposed to indulge your meltdown over a pilot who says, let's go, Brandon. Again, pounds in. Let's stomp, Betty. Charlotte Observer reporting that the COVID-19 positivity rate in Mecklenburg County is the lowest it has been in more than three months. Which is, I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, the more we find out about COVID-19, it's like very difficult to be positive about any of it, really. No, I kid. But the COVID-19 positivity rate is down. That is good news. But progress isn't moving quickly. In hospitals, patients with the worst illness from coronavirus are those not vaccinated. That, according to Dr. David Priest. Dr. Priest walks into a bar. No, I'm kidding. Uh, He is the infectious disease expert at Novant Health. The one number that's not in the decline that remains consistent is that more than 96% of our patients in the ICU on life support are unvaccinated. Now, you've heard me criticize and be critical of a lot of the different metrics that are cited throughout the Well, throughout the whole pandemic, but the North Carolina DHHS, as well as the uh, county health department, I don't find a lot of the metrics that they cite to be particularly informative or instructive. Uh, I find a lot of them to be and I understand like at the very beginning when everything was brand new and we're trying to figure out how to measure stuff. And, you know, you're trying to collect as much data as possible to to see where the virus is moving, who it's affecting, all of that stuff. Decisions, though, that were made, you know, now almost, what, two years ago, those are not, those should not be the same set of criteria that we look at now. So, saying all that, I do think that the percentage of the people in ICU on life support, that group, how many are vaccinated versus not, I find this to be an instructive metric. This, to me, makes sense to track that. Because if you're like me, you view the, the shots, and I'm trying not to call them vaccines anymore because they don't prevent the disease, right? They don't prevent the uh, COVID-19, but they're more of a therapeutic. It's a preventative. And so it can minimize the risks by reducing the severity of the symptoms. And so in that regard, this is an important metric to me. of the patients in the ICU that are on life support. So this is not people who are just in the ICU, right? Where they talk about the number of beds that are full, whatever, like the census that they do in the hospitals. Like I'm not that in and of itself is not necessarily instructive to me. This is the number of people that are in the ICU that are on life support that are not vaccinated. That to me makes sense. Now I assume that they, that, they're in the ICU because of COVID-19, and so that's why their vaccination status is applicable here, why, why, why they're telling us that. So I'm assuming that. They don't state that in this story, so I'll just assume that. Now, if I am informed otherwise, then this metric ceases to be as informative or uh, illustrative as I uh, take it to be right now. Mecklenburg County is adding about 163 new infections each day based on the most recent seven-day average, and that is down from the beginning of the month when it was averaging 220 cases per day. And caseloads are at the lowest point locally since late July. All of that is good news. They then have a cumulative total here in the Charlotte Observer story, uh, more than 157,000 coronavirus cases since the beginning of the pandemic. And well, this this is in a limited way, this is useful, okay, because I've gone over my beefs with the p c r tests. I'm not a fan of them, I'm not a fan of us crafting policy. I'm definitely not a fan of us uh setting mandates and restrictions based on PCR test results and the like, especially when you're running cycle thresholds that are in the 38 range, when they should be around the 22 range. All of that said, there is is a benefit in identifying total cases because then you can also identify fatalities and you can get to a case fatality rate. Using their numbers, you get to a case fatality rate. So 1,252 residents have died of coronavirus-related complications. Again, you do, n- do not call up and yell at me or send me emails. Oh, peanuts of COVID complications, not with COVID or whatever. Like, I, I all I'm using is their data to arrive at a case fatality rate. Their data they provided is 157,000 coronavirus cases and 1252 deaths. So you divide the deaths by the cases and you end up with 0.007961. Or you round it or you turn it into a percentage that is 0.796 or or basically point it's a 0.8 case fatality rate, which means what? 99.2% not dying. All right? You make your own risk assessments. This is how I make my risk assessments. I look at case fatality rates. I look at infection fatality rates. I look at uh, population uh, cohorts that are most likely affected comorbidities and such. There are charts available that you can find your age group and look at your risks. Um, And I look at the, uh, I, I believe them when they said that the vaccine, that the science and data that this says that the, the vaccines will prevent me from getting infected. That has not been the case. Uh, Not that I've been infected that I know of. Um, but, Apparently, new study just came out. Uh, people who have received the COVID-19 vaccinations, sorry, the shots, are in fact able to spread the Delta variant within their household despite their vaccination status, and they can spread it just as easily as unvaccinated people can. That's the latest study published on Friday. According to the study in the Lancet Infectious Diseases Journal, it's on my bedstand. I don't know about you, uh, people who contracted COVID-19 had a similar viral load regardless of whether they had been vaccinated or not. I think I saw... Um, yeah, I think I saw a viral load. They opened up for uh, Pantera back at... Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, similar viral loads vaccinated and unvaccinated. Although vaccines remain highly effective at preventing severe disease and deaths from COVID-19... Our findings suggest that vaccination is not sufficient to prevent transmission of the Delta variant in household settings with prolonged exposures. So what does this mean? What does this mean? Like, by way of practical impacts, what does this mean? It means if people who are vaccinated and people who are unvaccinated can equally transfer the virus then the mandates need to stop because there's there's no point to it in contrast because because at that point then it just becomes your personal choice whether you're trying to guard against a more severe illness in contrast researchers noted the vaccination was more effective at curbing transmission of the alpha variant so the original variant it did prevent transmission but the delta it hasn't and that's what we have now that's the most prevalent strain Brett Winterbull's up next. Stay tuned. I'll talk with you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.